This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for watching and listening. Have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. And listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Chris, 
All right, good evening, uh, good afternoon, good day, good morning, good night, goodbye, hello, wherever you are, welcome along. I hope you had a happy Christmas. Uh, Brad got his lappy. Uh, she was a very accommodating lady. You know what these Cornish women are like. Um, they say there's a Cornish woman out there for everyone. By God, she must be a slag. Uh, but anyway, welcome along. Hope you had a really, really, really good Christmas. And uh, I hope, I hope, um, I hope you got your sticking, stockings filled and uh, that Santa emptied his sack for you. Uh, welcome on. We're looking back at um, we're gonna or the game against Ipswich. Um, have I calmed down a little bit? Uh, would I have taken one-one at the start of the game? Yes, I would. One hundred percent. Was I still annoyed with the way we lost it? Yes, I am. Um, it's like it's like having Brendan Rodgers back. We can't sort of hold on to leads, and uh, we seem to sort of those last fifteen minutes when we used to be so strong and we used to kill teams off in the last fifteen minutes. Now we are uh, conceding. It seems a lot at the at the end. Um, Birmingham, we happened. Uh, uh, just it's just just annoying. But I'm going to start with some uh, breaking news. Now, we all know that social media uh, is a very toxic place to be. And look, I do this. It's not um, I don't earn a living from it. Uh, the money that I do earn from doing certain little things, uh, whether it's YouTube, BBC, etc., goes to cover the cost of the electric and and the stream yard and etc. Uh, just it doesn't really even cover that. So it just about um uh, pays for itself and uh, thanks to everybody that does donate uh, by being a member or, or super chaps it really is appreciated but I always said that I would stop doing this um, when it uh, stopped being fun uh, if you remember I actually closed the website down about three months ago now so the website is there but it really basically isn't doing anything um, and with regards to Twitter uh, Instagram and Facebook Look, it's official. You can't have a point of view now. You cannot have a, a, an opinion that is different to the woke brigade that seems to be taking over this country. Um, we are all entitled to our opinion. I'm not always right. My opinions aren't always what I believe. But uh, some of the uh, Neanderthals that we've got in the Facebook group can't even read the rules and, and realise that what I post is often for discussion, not for... Um, not for actually my my opinion, but a lot of the time it is my opinion. And look, it's football. We're entitled to our opinions. But do I want to have conversations with people who can't literally put a two word sentence together? Um, you know, and I, I put I put a post up, and they come on and they just reply with, "That's bollocks." Wow, your mum and dad must be so proud of how you uh, how you did with your education there. I mean, come back at least with a comment that is going to uh, create a discussion. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me what your thought is. But when you can't even have the brain cell to do that, then, like I say, you were <laughs> education was wasted on you. So with immediate effect, uh, until the end of January, when I will review it, because I can't be doing this throughout the uh, the month of January with the transfer window and people moaning about, oh, you're putting this one up and that's not going to happen. Uh, the the Facebook uh, group and the Twitter 
will cease to be for a month until, say, the window is over, and then I'll review it. And to be honest with you, if I've not missed it, I don't see the point in bringing it back. You'll still be able to get hold of me via Messenger. That will still be uh, up and running, and Twitter will be up there for messages for me. But apart from that, I'm just honest with you, I've had enough. I can't stand the idiots anymore. Um, talking of which, we've got a couple in with me tonight. Uh, I jest, I jest, I jest, I jest. Uh, we're going to bring them in. We're going to look back at the game that's caused all the controversy. First of all, um, as beautiful as ever because his picture's not there. Brad, good evening, sir. I think you're talking bollocks, mate. I'm not going to tell you why. just think you're talking bollocks. Anyway, Anthony, hello. How are you? Hello. It was so nice of you to give uh, Brad that really nice introduction. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome um, along, guys. Oh, sorry, I had, I had to, Chris. Well, the way you I sat know, there, I was I, like, I'm I, just going to come I, in and say you're taking to you took I expected it from Ant. I expected better from you. Oh, uh, well, you, 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 that's your own fault for expecting better off me, mate. Yeah, How are we both? I should know. Yeah. Are you I sure? Have a good Christmas. I hope your uh, your stockings were filled. Um, and uh, I must admit, I did uh, I did actually have a word with Ant's girlfriend. I said to him, I said, like, I said to her, sorry, I said, what, what would, what's the worst thing you could find in your stockings on Christmas morning? And she said, Ant. So I don't know what the relationship is like, but uh, hello, Mrs. Ant. How are you doing? Did you both get what? I know you got your lappy. Uh, did you get what you wanted, Ant? Uh, I didn't really get a huge amount, but I had a great day, which is more what it's about, isn't it, really? I'd it is indeed. I, I, I just got the... As you can see the new shirt, not that it brought us much luck. Um, but yeah, like you say, as, as as an actual day, it was well, two days because we had boxing day as well. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, when you when you come down from the toilet and your sister-in-law is in the middle of uh, middle of the room, your your nephew is uh, playing the bongos and she's uh, doing the twerk. You think, what the hell am I doing? You know, it's you know it's been a good day. You know, it's been a good day. Um, so um, the YouTube channel, by the way, is carrying on. This isn't uh, it isn't stopping, but like I've just said, Twitter and Facebook is going for the month. But look, one one. Um, let's get your general thoughts because I was I was pissed off because that was a very important game, and it isn't the first time that we have you know nearly thrown games away. And this is what gets me. Um, you know, we were one nil up. We should have killed that game off. We didn't. Wanked about at the back, playing it all round all nicely. And, of course, it cost us. Um, you know, it nearly happened with uh, with Birmingham. And it very nearly happened with Millwall as well. Brad, surely, if Enzo is worth his salt, he should be looking at that and going, oh, that's three games we've conceded at the end there, made it difficult for ourselves. What's going on? But he doesn't seem to be. He's just sort of, what did they say? What's the sign of idiocy? Just repeating the same thing over and over again. Uh, I mean, that's definitely the sign of of insanity. But that's it. Yes, thank you. I mean, to be honest with you, in, in all fairness, uh, neither team was actually that brilliant at keeping hold of the ball. In fact, it was a game of two halves. Leicester, you know, if you'd have only watched the first half and said who deserves to be winning, you would have said Leicester because Ipswich were giving the ball away in dangerous areas. They were probably thankful, their fans at Leicester only capitalised on one of them and not two or three. And you could then just turn around and exactly argue the point you're making due to our own nervousness for whatever reason and mistakes were made. It should have felt that they could have got 
one or two goals. And in the end, it showed both teams were very cautious at each other. And and a little bit in that second half, Chris, you've got to see why Ipswich are the only team that are on Leicester's coattails because they just didn't give up, unlike other teams that would have just admitted defeat and they let Leicester pass it round the back. They, They didn't do that, which was something we don't really see that often this season or haven't seen, shall I say, this season. No, but they are, would you not say, Ant, it is repeating itself. The same mistakes are repeating itself. You know, I think a lot of the Leicester players hadn't realised we were playing in orange rather than blue because they couldn't keep hold of the ball. No, again, nor could Ipswich. But those are the simple things. I used to teach my sons, uh, coach my sons, um, 10 and 11-year-olds, not on my own, there's a group of us, but, you know, one of the most things was don't pass the ball to the opposition. If you've got the ball, hold on to it. And that is something that we haven't... I mean, we're 22 games in now. The players should know each other. Yeah, I I don't know, because I think it's a bit unfair to say it's the same mistakes time after time when we've lost, what, one... We haven't lost a game this month. We've dropped two points out of 18. Uh, When you look at it from that point of view, like, I... It's clearly working, and like the reason we've scored so many goals late on this season is because the way that we've played, and in terms of keeping the ball, playing possession, working spaces, and stuff. And it's like anyone who's played any level of football will tell you that it is ten times harder to play without the ball than it is with it. Which is why nine to ten times the teams that we're playing look absolutely dead on their feet by ninety minutes. Okay, I agree with what you're saying there, Ant. I'll stick with you for this one. It is harder to play without the ball uh, than with it. Uh, Does that mean that we should always be giving the opposition the ball? Because it isn't just this game. I've watched, must be eight, nine, ten games this season where our passing and our retention of the ball has been absolutely awful. Sheffield Wednesday, let's have a look at that one. You know, we just can't seem to string. I mean, yes, there's times when we look like Brazil, don't get me wrong, but... You know, if we're playing like this and we get promoted, we're going to get stuffed. We are, but um, uh, this is something that I say to this point every time. Two things. We've had Enzo for half a season now. So, like, I think it we look more comfortable than we did at the start of the season doing it. And I think it's going to take time to fully get to where Enzo wants to be. But also, this team won't be the same team that, go, that plays in the Premier League. There will be quality quality will be added. It's like Cassidy, who I thought when um, Ndidi and Dewsbury Hall came off was a bit big part of where we lost control of the game and we just couldn't hold on to the ball. We will not, Atgun and Cassidy will not be two players that play as a number eight in the Premier League. Um I want to bear with me, Brad, because I want to ask you the next question because it's uh, about goalkeepers. But why can't we finish these teams off? You know, when we are so dominant, and you know what I think, you know, sometimes we've got like 70-80% possession. Why aren't we finishing the teams off? Are we that just that are we that bad at shooting? It's just that lack of a clinical edge, isn't it? That's that's the one thing. That's what we that I don't mind us losing the ball in the areas that we are because I can see sort of what's being tried to do. But when, like, you pass it around for sometimes up to 30 passes in a move, 40 passes, then you create a clear-cut chance. You've got to score, I'd say, three out of four of them. And at the moment, I don't think we are. We are making a lot of passes, but most of those are uh, <laughs> along the back. You know, I mean, if you look at uh, Winks, uh, Winks and... Uh, 
bath time's just come in, high bath time. Uh, Winks and um, uh, Vestergaard, you know, they seem to like playing <laughs> to me, to you, to me, to you. Uh, Brad, I want to talk goalkeepers with you. Uh, and we will come back onto this later, but very quickly. Um, 24 games we've played, half the season. At the start, uh, and if he's not used to playing like this, then I've got to say, why did we buy him? But he's playing the sweeper-keeper role. Um, and, he, he, you know, we used to moan about Kasper Schmeichel kicking it into Rose Z. He can't even seem to, some, a lot of the time, kick it to his own players. No, he can't, uh, which is a bit frustrating. And... You know, if, uh, we, we talked about the goalkeepers earlier this season um, because we had two goalkeepers already with us. Uh, well, three, te technically, but, you know, we've always said that um, what's-his-face is the third choice. He's like the in-case-of-emergency. Um, so we were talking about who would be number one between Iverson and Ward going into the season because, you know, three goalkeepers didn't feel like you needed a, a fourth one. Um and then obviously we figured out that he obviously realised or chose that Danny Ward and, and Iverson were no good for the style of play he wanted and proceeded to not only promote an under-21 goalkeeper, but he got Hermanson in. And it is a bit frustrating. The only defence that I kind of have for him, if I'm going to put my goalkeeping head on, is, is what well, I said to you. that's why Banks. I came to you, Brad. That was why I came to yeah, you. Which is why what I'm going to say when I said backstage is... You know, we have seen him on occasion in recent weeks. He's had no qualms about getting the ball out from his feet and sending it down the left or right channel to Mavadidi or Fatawu uh, to, to, you know, to try and run on to. But I find in games where he seems to give the ball away two, three, maybe even four times a game was Ipswich. I think Leeds, he did it again. And these stronger sides in the division, he doesn't have an outlet, Chris. That's his problem. It's all well and good saying, oh, yeah, lump it, lump it 50 yards long. Pats and Dacker can run all night. Yes, he can. I'm sure he can. He loved that. That's the way Dacker does. But if he's got three defenders around him, he's never going to get anywhere. And, you know, I, I think at one point against Ipswich, especially in the second half, Chris, he had the whole entire midfield no further than five yards in front of him because of where he stands. He comes to the edge of his box. Yeah. So he's like, well, I've got six options to pass to, and you're all five yards next to each other trying to hold hands. So. He's like, well, I've got to get rid of the ball so I can kind of deal with a, you know, if Ipswich steal the ball here, I've got to make sure I don't come too far out. And yeah, he could do better with his distribution. I do agree with you, but sometimes it's not entirely on him. He's kind of forced into a pass than it is a pass of his comfort. You know, okay. he likes to have that break on the ball. Let me stick with you for this, Brad, as as, as the goalkeeper union representative. So, you know, as a goalkeeper, if he's looking in front of him and he's saying, right, I've got the option of four players, uh, but they've all got somebody marking them, one of them in a good position, then should he not then at that point think, well, I better not risk a pass to them. I better kick it further upfield. It's the instinct is to go, OK, I'm just going to kick it upfield. I'm going to reset it because it's better than that. But the way Leicester go about trying to get in behind teams is, is they drag you drag the opposition out as far as they can when they're off the ball. It's just as deep as Leicester were. That actually meant that Ipswich were just as deep in Leicester's own half. And as you saw with some of the goals we've scored recently, Chris, and again, I know it's Plymouth, it's Birmingham, it's teams that, that have been struggling down at the bottom. 
but again, you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah. It's worked to a T. We've scored, well, you know, four goals, three goals, three goals in, in these games that, that they've really worked well. But if you kick it out long to nobody, all, all you're allowing to do is Ipswich still keep hold of the ball and they get a chance to build again and actually get more bodies forward in an organised manner. Half, not from 20 yards in front of our goal. And then yeah, again, which is true. Comes along and says, "Why the hell are you doing that, Mads?" Then he can say, "Well, you tell the defenders to move and give me somebody to pass to." Yeah, which is a conversation they need to have if that's how Mads is feeling or how Enzo is feeling in that situation. That that's something that we can't, you know, we don't know what's going on. Maybe it's something that Mads is really annoyed that he's not able to go long, or he could be actually annoyed that he's not making these passes, that he's being careless and reckless, because. There was one thing I noticed yesterday through uh, through the frustrations of that game was even though when we gave the ball away, if you remember last season, Chris, I know it's hideous and I'm sure I will actually agree with me here even though you won't want, want to here. But last season when they gave the ball away, players were swinging their arms around, they were slapping their legs, they were trudging to get back. They weren't even really asked because they were like, oh, here we go. We're going to concede because Belen's gave us his instructions. This team sees a mistake. They don't even think about it. They run through walls for each other. And I know it's, it shouldn't need them to run through walls to cover mistakes, but you, you saw it a lot in that game where it didn't matter that there was a mistake made or a bad pass made. It didn't matter if it was indeed. It didn't matter if it was a Madsen. It didn't matter if it was Dakar. The second that mistake was made, including the player who made that mistake, everybody was like, we've got it, don't worry, we've got you back, we'll, we'll cover it, we'll go again, don't worry about it, let it go, focus on it. So if you kind of want to put a positive on a negative, at least, you know, not all the time it doesn't work. And would you agree with that? I disagree. I don't think he's put us in much sort of trouble at all, really. I think there's been one or two occasions. Five times he gave the ball away. At the there's five, there's two. That's two very different things, though. Give him a ball away and putting us in trouble, and they're very different things. Yeah, but, it's like, okay. Well, let, 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 let me better opposition. We would be in trouble potentially, but with better when we're playing better opposition. As I said before, we'll have better players. We'll have players that are, are dropping into different positions because Connor Cody, you could see it was not natural for him when he was receiving the ball. James Justin picks up different positions when he's receiving the ball than Connor Cody did, which meant that it was limiting Matt Hermanson's options. Also, it's like you look at his safe percentages, you look at his numbers in terms of like highest pass, pass accuracy in the league, highest long balls accuracy in the league. It's like if we want to play a possession brand of football, you need to have a keeper that can play can pass the ball and he is that no goalkeeper is going to play like every ball to their defenders feet or to um to their own team but I almost feel like he's made I'd say in the Ipswich game there was one that was a really bad one but the others were balls that you sort of like again not great but it's like I think it's going overboard considering how many goals as well we score from building up from the back and um and creating from deep compared to how much we've conceded. We, we had, we had apart five. From, apart from the Blackburn game, and we're going a long way back, hmm. we haven't directly conceded from playing out from back. 580 passes we made in that game. 501 of those were short passes. Probably 450 of those was from um, 
uh, match to one of his three defenders. So no wonder we've got a high, you know, he's got a high pass um, ratio. But what I want to ask you though, uh, Ant, is what the hell is it when one of the defenders takes the goal kick and passes it straight to the goalkeeper? What's the point? The theory of it, isn't it, is to give you the extra man. But it's like, I don't think we've quite got the practice of it. Like you see, you see Man City doing it, and they just visit from one side to the other, and then back to Edison, and it's like you can see sort of he's the extra man in possession. Mm. Ours is a bit not quite there yet. <laughs> I think that's fair to say, uh, Brad. So I just muted you, mate, because uh, there was a bit of an echo. Um, Twenty-three points above seventh place. Um, we are, what is it, 11 points, though only above third. It, it's getting down, but um, any need to panic yet? No, I'm certainly not panicking. Um, you know, we, we, we saw before we played the game that the teams below us are more susceptible to drop points than, than, than we are. And, and you know, I don't know exactly how the, the, the fixtures pan out, but you'll know that Leicester are going to get a glutton of opportunities where they're more favourable to win, should I say, games. You know, Cardiff is the one that's coming up on to, you know, comes up tomorrow. You are expecting a win. And and, and I would be disappointed with a draw. I will I'm gonna to say that out now. So when we do the post and that match, I can not I can eat my words when we're drawing and I'm saying it wasn't a bad point. But you know what I mean? We're gonna have opportunities to 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 do what we should be doing. Whereas the likes of Leeds and Ipswich are going to be playing your Southamptons, your Hall Cities, you, you know, and, and in and around each other. I know that will come our time, but we're in such a commanding position, Chris. At the end of the day, that's only our second draw this season. We're still yet to draw at the King Power, which is which is mighty impressive. And if you'd have told us, if you'd have told any Leicester fan at the twenty-four game week mark that you played everybody um, at least once you'd got 59 points and you'd be 19 wins this season. I think you'd actually be more amazed at Ipswich is still only six points off you and got the same losses as you. And you'd be looking thinking, God, they'd have that same gap over third as, as they do over second sort of thing. So I'm not panicking over one draw just yet. Uh, because like I said, the way the game played out and it's a total, it was actually a decent point, in my opinion. I know you maybe not thought that at the time with the discrepancies that went on, but it, in fairness, it wasn't actually a bad point to uh, to be getting. No, and Ant, I, w- I will add this, that um, had it been the other way around, had we been 1-0 down and we'd got sort of an equaliser in the 92nd minute, I- I'd have been creaming my way all the way to bed that night, you know, because it would have been like a, like a win for us. So it is purely the fact that the way it happened, uh, to me, it's still two points lost. But we've got to make sure, you know, that we're not conceding these late goals. Um, and like I said, three of the last four games we've conceded when we should have been easy, we've made it hard for ourselves. All right. 92nd minute, you don't think that Ipswich are probably going to be able to get a second. Uh, Birmingham certainly had time to, to get a point if they wanted to. Um, but I can't I can't get out of my mind the Newcastle Man United season when Newcastle were way ahead and just every you know every game Man United was sort of coming at them, coming at them. Uh, because surely anything 
below second is going to be um, not, not disappointing, uh, but it's going to be uh, a failure, isn't it? I said before a ball was kicked this season, if we don't get automatics, it's a failure with the squad we've got and, and m- the money that, and resources available to us. So the fact we're in this position now, if we don't get automatics, something drastically has gone wrong. But I don't... My thing is, I'm very happy with where we are. And obviously, you're saying about the Ipswich result. In isolation, I don't think that's a bad result at all when you look, because it's the second best team in the league. We've been to their place and it's how it's how the goal came about at the end, I think, for frustration. Yes, and you look, at our, you look at our December, like we just before December, we lost to Leeds, we lost to Middlesbrough. It could have gone very badly wrong, but we've got 16 points out of 18. We're on, I think we're on the best um, in terms of uh, last five games. We're in the best form out of anyone in the league. It's like, well, there, there we go. There's the table for you. Well, it's the last six that it's showing, but there's the yeah, table. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. And it's like, I just feel that there's been a little bit of an overreaction to what was a disappointing result in the way it came, but a lot of people before the game said, I'll take a point here. Yeah, And like, like I've just said, had it been the other way around and we'd got the equaliser in the 92nd minute, it would have been a completely different reaction, 120%, definitely. But when you look at that, and you, you know, we, we are two points clear of Southampton, but when you look at the teams, then you've got Coventry, Norwich, you've got Bristol in the top seven, you know, the, the teams that should be or, or were worrying us, like the Ipswich, your Leeds, are slowly dropping down that um, that form table. It's, I've said it for the longest time, and I've taken a fair bit of slack from Leeds fans, so I'm kind of smugly sitting here, smiling. Have you seen Top Gear? You know Jeremy Clarkson's smug face? That's me at the moment. But I've said for the longest time, they can beat anyone on their day, but they've also got in, in them to lose to anyone. And that's why I just don't see them catching us. Yeah. There's two. Oh, it's so difficult not to look smug at this point. Oh, <laughs> that, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> but it's like they've. Um, there's too many results, like the Preston result, the um, the Stoke result, Sunderland, and it's like for all they did well against Ipswich. You look at their form at the moment. It's I believe it's the worst in the top six. Um, Leeds are six in the form table. Um, Southampton are above them. Um, Ipswich are above them in fifth. Uh, I've only gone down as far as Swansea, so it's about the third, third worst, I think. And it's like that, that's why they've left themselves a mountain to climb already, so they need to be the, the informed team at the moment, like Southampton are. And they've left too much of a mountain to climb and now are too inconsistent. And I've also said. Again, I'm going to go off on a tangent about Leeds here, but I don't think Daniel Fox is as good as he's been rated. I just think every time he's been in the championship before, he's had the best team by... Um... Careful, Scott. Careful. Wasn't me. Wasn't um, me. <laughs> but, um, I think Daniel Fox got the best team, has, uh, whilst he was with Norwich, had the best team in the championship by a long distance. I think this is the first time that he's had teams around him with equal quality. Indeed, indeed. Um, Brad, I want to talk to you, if I can, uh, for the next bit. Um, what is it with... I mean, do you get why 
Fazwell's put on the left. Um, at least he was moving Ricardo over to that side, and he doesn't look too bad when he's got Ricardo with him on that side. But why why have we got why have we got Faz playing on the left? He can't play there really well, can he? Um he's not the worst at playing there, but it's it's a position that um you know, I don't I don't know, mate. Maybe the early injury to Doyle made him think we need somebody who can maybe fill in that gap for a, a, a short period of time. I mean, you know, we've we've got games coming thick and fast, you know. Um you know, that you know, we're only halfway through the busy Christmas period. Just because Christmas and Boxing Day is done doesn't mean we still haven't got games coming thick and fast. And I just maybe wonder if he's looked at that area of the field and gone Doyle's just back from injury. I don't really want to risk him and rush him back. Um, you're probably going back a few weeks. So this is in the back of his mind. He's, you know, he's light training, doing whatever. And he realises that if Justin gets injured and he's out for a week, that could be two games he misses over this period. You know, a week or two injuries could see you miss four or five games in the blink of an eye. I feel like he fought ahead of that and just tried to maybe manufacture a left-back out of well, phase and considering he's probably played it what four times in his entire life, it looks like I don't think he was the worst. Um, I think the one advantage that that oppositions will have without phase being there over Justin is he's very conservative, he won't press the occasion too much, and if he does. He's likely to use his centre back head and go in full broaded. And if you if you leave yourself, if you leave your teammates, shall I say, um, a, a defender down when they're attacking down a certain area of the pitch, you, you're going to leave your team in a bit more trouble than, than, than say Justin, who will shepherd him out and try and push him tight to the byline and not allow him to cross in. Yeah. He did okay, I think. I would. I'm probably being a bit easier on him because it's not his natural position. But yeah, it is a strange one to see him there. But maybe that's it's the only logic I can give to Enzo's thinking is with the Doyle injury and only having Justin who needs a second option. Doyle was on the bench, and uh, but obviously he was too soon for him to actually be on. Uh, surprised he maybe didn't get five ten minutes at the end. But um, what I mean, he does play better. On the left, Faz, when he has got Ricardo on the same side with him. Um, my thing is, I th- it's I thought he was much like my man of match. I thought he got through a huge amount of defensive work, but it's just on the ball. I think, and this is where you know we were saying having a conversation about Hermanson before. Yeah, I feel like this is part of the reason the same that when Mark Face plays on the right, which he typically does, I feel like he's more natural there to uh, con compared to what Connor Cody is. Because Connor Cody, when we signed him, I think we all expected him just to go to the centre of a back three and that to be that. But Vestergaard's made himself almost undroppable. So I just feel like for this game, I just felt like it was, um, as was said before, you can't you, you can't play players game after game after game when it's this this much no. of a like, congested period. You did you did mention, Ant, about the substitutions and we'll, we'll look at them in a bit more detail. Oh, first of all, sorry, before we come on to that, your thoughts on Cody's game overall? We'll come on to the individual players more later, but just your first thoughts on Cody coming in. I don't think he had a particularly bad game. I just think, you know, maybe he was all right because he didn't do anything that was outstanding or anything wrong particularly. I think defensively he did everything he needed to. I just think mm-hmm. on the ball, 
like he lacks compared to what you see when you've got Walt Face playing in his position and then James Justin in the other, which yeah. is part of the reason I thought we lost control towards the end of the game. So I think that there's more quality on the ball with James Justin. But then I think it's not just one reason. There's I no. think there's a fair few. I think I said earlier as well about the um the lacking quality in midfield compared to when you compare Ndidi and Jewsbury Hall to Custay and Atkum. Okay, I mean basically I've got to be honest with you, to me, Cody just looked ring rusty. You know, and I think it, you know, he's getting an odd game here and there. You know, look look, you know, I, I just think players need to have a run but we we almost can see that the start the you know his favored starting 11 you know when we're losing dd and you know maybe we've got to rely on cash a day is that going to be a worry in january i hope hamza chowdhury still got his boots because i'll be starting chowdhury and then dd because <laughs> like you know what also worries me is we've been linked to elias chair quite a bit he'll yeah. be going to afcon as well i know I know, it, it, but it's how you know we buy players from Afghan nations, and um, uh, uh, that's what we that's what we have to accept. Uh, I mean, Brad, um, surprised at not making all five substitutions with so many games? Um, a little bit. I, I I did expect Doyle to come on with maybe ten, fifteen to go, just to get some minutes into his legs um i don't know if this is a worry or a good thing uh that kalechi was chosen over tom cannon to come on again we, we've expressed this numerous times we're going to lose ian acho and wilfred and fatawu but to, to stress the point again with ian acho and you know, Wilfred, we're potentially not just losing these players to the African Cup of Nations. We may lose these to a transfer sale because of their contract situation. I would have, and you know my love of Ian Acho, but I am kind of with Ant. I'm, I'm, I'm like a like a father reading a report card that's all Ds and is expected to get all Bs. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed he hasn't really done the full guns blazing in the championship and tore it up and showing everybody that. You know, we and was surely, right. Surely Cannon needs the game time. He's got yeah. he's getting ten minutes here, ten minutes there. You can't just throw him in when Afcon starts. No, exactly. You can't you can't do that. And this is something that I heeded towards a few weeks ago. We need to start seeing Cannon. He needs to get regular minutes uh under his belt. And the same goes with Cody, Ring Rush, I agree with you. I think if he gets into a settled side, it'll be like watching Vestigar play, you know. We, you know, for my own best guy, but he's been playing week in, week out, and he looks a solid defender. We know Cody's a good defender. We know there's a defender in there, so I don't think that's um, that's ever the case for concern. Uh, but I was a little bit surprised by some of the substitutions, and I, I think for the first time in about three games, it was a little bit samey, samey. So Ipswich kind of looked at the situation and went, well, we don't need to change our system or anything to kind of stop them because they've not done anything too different. Um, so yeah, there was a few surprises. That plan uh, B shouting from the rooftops about so it disappeared, Brad. Yeah, it it, it, it annoyingly it did, uh, and um, and unfortunately, when that happens, uh, when Enzo, I, the annoying thing is, I think Enzo was kind of like, right, okay, that that that's that. If we play like this, we'll see this out. 
we've got this, don't worry about it. I don't need to change anything because we're still winning one nil. I don't think a plan B needs to be a oh SHIT, it's gone wrong, I need to change something up or it's not working. It needs to be a case of okay, Ipswich come you know, he should have looked at that game gone one nil off, Ipswich come and let us change it up. Oh, I, get, I get that. And I mean, do you think the whole thing is we've set ourselves very high standards um, with this, with, with the way that we've played? So when we do have these little mishaps, that is going to sort of, you know, look worse than it probably actually is. Yeah, probably. But the only thing that I found strange, and I don't want to sound like I'm trying to pile on him, is we were under the cosh and like Ipswich were really putting the pressure on. And then you bring off Ndidi, who, like, I know he's playing this advanced role, but he gets through a shift defensively, even when he we're sort of under pressure, uh, when he's tracking back. For Caste, who offers, like, those runs going forward, but defensively, he doesn't track his muck runners, he doesn't cut the passing lanes. So I would I would have thought Trowdery would have been a much better option. But then mm. I feel like we're nitpicking, because Enzo's got 100, out of 100 things this season, I'd say he's got 95 of them right. So... No one's going to get 100 out of 100. Why not? They should be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Being facetious there. Being facetious. Um, and I say Vestergaard uh, still still chipping in with his goals as well. Oh, sorry, it was the wrong end, wasn't it? Sorry, Ant. <laughs> to be fair, though, that's one of those own goals I just feel unfortunate for him because he couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything, could he? I'm surprised the way you were talking about Hermanson earlier. You probably expect him to save that one. Yes, well, I mean, he did. And in fairness, I gave him credit. He made one very good save during the match, Hermanson. But um, that's his job. That's what he's paid to do. So shouldn't really be surprised. No, I, 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 I jest. I jest. Um, Scott's just added here. Uh, I was going to say I thought Enzo's mantra uh, was about perfection. So why should we not expect 100% and... Why should we not expect 100%? I don't know. I feel like we're going to get very disappointed if we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that, that that's fair enough. Like I say, when you when you when you've got the high standards we've set ourselves this season, then um yeah, it is going to be a little bit disappointing <coughs> when we occasionally come up. Um all right, so just looking here, Brad, uh, I'll come back to you. If you can take over your muting duties, that would be a great help. Um Ipswich, Leicester, the strengths there. Ipswich, uh, a lot. Um, Leicester, no strengths from that game. Uh, but our weaknesses committed a high number of individual errors. Yeah. Um, which pretty much sums up the game in word terms, really, because every time, you know, we tried to venture forward or do something at a quick pace, I think we were... I think at certain points in the game, we were a little bit surprised... Um, you know that um, that that, that it was so close to us. Uh, I think teams uh, usually get Leicester coming at them, and they panic, so they they rather race their men back and get bodies behind the ball than, than anything else. Whereas Ipswich put the pressure on, and um, and that kind of made things easier than um, than um, than everything that. Um, you know, it was easy for them to kind of deal with things and, and cut us up and, and, and create chances themselves than it was for um, than it was for Leicester to break through. You know, yeah. other teams 
that we've played against have done that. Sorry, I got distracted because my mother came home and I was like, no, give me a second. I need Hello, to bring Oh, yeah, she, she's looking now at me because I just looked at the back. I'm getting evil, so that's my Christmas presents going back. I, 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 think you should put, I think you should have a break and put her on. <laughs> she, she, she doesn't speak any sense at all. Well, no, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. She heard that and just at me, so I'm in trouble once a <laughs> Always, always. And I want to come back to you, Anne, because I want to... Um, I, I meant to ask you this earlier um this when you look at the game we played against rotherham and then when you look at this game against ipswich obviously ipswich you would say was going to be the more difficult game should we have maybe start had the starting 11s swapped round should we have started with the stronger lineup against um ipswich or whatever lineup we're putting with the players we've got are, are they all strong my thing is, we rotated six players against Sheffield Wednesday and went there with an... I want to say almost an arrogance if we didn't need to play anywhere near our strongest team. We found out. I think with Rotherham, whilst we started a strong team, we were freeing them up within about 60 minutes and then a lot of the players came off. I think that was the right way to go about it. So, it's... Are, you, are you thinking then, and those out there thinking, oh... You know, if I was to lose or draw against Ipswich, you know, the thing is the fact that they're second from the top, they're our nearest competitors. But if I lose against Rotherham, I'll get roasted because they're at the bottom of the league. Well, ultimately, and I know it's boring to say, both games are worth three points. Mm. You're right, it is boring. So we'll move on. No, I'm joking. I jest, I jest, I jest. Um, the attempts, though, um, Brad, you know I love a, I love a good stat. And I will come to you first with this one. Uh, the attempts, Ipswich, 20 attempts on goal, uh, Leicester, five. From open play, they had 12. We had three. Um, is that worrying? No. Um, and the reason it's not is these are, these are games where I don't really tend to look at stats like that. that they, they kind of give me an a uh, eye-raising an eyebrow raising moment because I, I, I don't know about you, Pep, but I don't remember apart from, apart from that one save that her Madsen have to make. I don't remember any of their shots causing us too much trouble because, yeah, twenty shots, but I can guarantee you that at least fifteen of them were blocked by a player or bodies in the way or the edge of the box, and they were hitting an Ipswich player probably on the way. Because it, it, that makes you sound like Ipswich absolutely bad as we were, you know, back to the wall job, 11 men in the box, defended a 1-0 lead because we're struggling. But realistically, we controlled the first 45 minutes and, and the odd five minutes over there in the second half. That, it, that, this is when you... This is where if you were to look at the stats, you go, oh, good me, they're moaning, but Leicester got away with one of them stats. You watch the game or at least see the highlights of the game. It doesn't worry me at all because I don't remember a genuine heart in mouth moment except for their goal when it deflected Crawley off your love child, where I felt like we were going to concede. In all honesty, um, it's, a goal, it's a goal. It's a goal against his name. That's all I'm saying. I know we said to score more. Just make sure it's in the right end next time. Yeah. And if we looking on the other side of the coin, you know they had twenty shots and only one goal. We had five shots. And got one goal. 
20% conversion rate with us, 5% for them. Yes, we didn't have many shots, but most of theirs were ending up in Rose Ed. They were. And you look at a lot of their shots also came from corners like headers and bits that were quite comfortably dealt with. But with ours, it's like uh, Scott said it earlier about perfection. It's like Enzo tries it in the way that we play. It's about getting the ball into high percentage areas. So it's mm. like you're going to see less long shots being rocketed from about 35 yards. And like it's all about getting into the right position, the right angle for a high percentage chance. It says on there, Ant, penalty, no to either side. We should have had one, shouldn't we? We should have. They should have had a red card. And I'll tell you what, like, I would still take not getting them over having VAR because... Well, that was my next question. Now you can read my script. I said exactly the same. As much as I was going mad at the referee, because the first one I'm not too sure about, but the second one on KDH for me was a stonewall penalty. Uh, at least we know straight away and we can get on with it. We're not hanging around for 20 minutes while they make a decision. No, and it's like there was one a couple of weeks ago on Fatui, but it works itself out because we've had decisions go our way this season. We've had them go against us. It's like, mm. I just think that it's like it, it was poor and I almost feel the referees, like there's no accountabilities for referees in this country, which is a complete different conversation for a different day. But yeah, it was a penalty. But at the same time, I don't want to sit here sounding like an Arsenal fan every time you don't win a game. It's, no. Oh, it's for a freeze fault. Oh, they they water the pitch too much. Oh, it's a bit windy. Oh, X one said it's like we didn't win the game because we didn't defend well enough for the last ten minutes. I, I I'm completely with you there. I'd sooner have the referee making mistakes in this division with no VAR than the referee and VAR making mistakes in the Premier League, which is what what the options are. So I completely agree with you. Uh, Brad, we talked about passes earlier. 476 for Ipswich, 580 for Leicester. Like I say, 500 of those probably were between the defence. Um, interestingly, the thing there, though, um, 70 long balls from Leicester, which kind of shoots down what I was saying earlier. Uh, only seven crosses and two uh, lock, lock through balls. Is that a problem? Or again, we don't really play with sort of the crosses or should we be looking at sort of the wingers getting more crosses in? Uh, no, again, I'm not worried because teams are going to approach Leicester differently. Um, and the majority of them, especially now we're halfway through the season, are going to play Leicester dependent on their league position. But Ipswich had... You know, Ipswich had everything to lose and, 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 and not really all that much to gain to go at Leicester, you know, because if they'd have lost that game, you know, again, drawing keeps them in touch and distance, granted, but they really wanted to win that game. And they, they played a higher line, a higher press, and they kind of actually forced Leicester and, and, and Enzo to decide to maybe try and go through the middle a bit quicker and kind of stick to that what's not broke, don't fix it, Mentra, by um, attacking them through the middle. It worked well for Plymouth. It worked well against Birmingham. It worked well the week before that as well against, uh, I forget who it is. There's been that many games going on. But I think he felt that was necessary. And, and again, we, we said this before about Leicester. He doesn't want to get too predictable because if you keep relying on Fatawu and, and, and Mavadidi to burst forward and, and Dewsbury Hall to get through the middle and kind of go with a pronged four that keeps going through, 
if we'd have done that against Sitch, which I actually feel like they would have got the goals that you were saying could have came from mistakes made at the back and in there, because the bodies have been so far forward they'd have been out of position. Whereas when a and we saw it against Rotherham, didn't we, Chris? We 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 I know we've changed it a few times during the season, but that was the worst team to ever play. Oh, at the oh. it was, they, were, they were horrendous. It was 11 men behind the ball. In fact, at one point, I'm sure the manager asked if the coach could come on the pitch for, for the players in front of their goals. They were that that bad. And, and when a team plays like Rotherham, Leicester can be expressive. They'll have 600 passes to their 200. I think we just saw the quality between Ipswich and 80% of the division. Mm. They play... And I hate to say it, Chris, you look at the points we've dropped this season, which isn't many, which is fantastic to say, but they are probably up there with one of the very, very, very select few sides that can match Leicester's, uh, Leicester's intensity and press for 90 minutes and come away with a result. You know, the other two being the loss at Ipswich. I can't really say it about Middlesbrough, but the other one I'd be comparing it to would be Sheffield Wednesday. I'd rather compare it to Middlesbrough than Sheffield Wednesday for obvious reasons. But yeah, the, that it's not a concern because the quality of the opposition. If that was Plymouth for Rotherham that had just done that to us, I'd be more concerned. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Thanks for your picture, Ant, um, on that one. Um, just trying to think. Stop sending me a camera. That's rude. <laughs> yeah. uh, I presume you're showing me the stats for the Rotherham game, were you? Yeah, it was, you know, where we had something like 81% possession. Yeah. They had one shot and it went out for a throw-in yes. to our yes. 20 shots. And it's like, I'm, I said in jest, and I might have upset a few Rotherham fans with it. Well, but if that was my... If, but that's if that was how my team played each week, I'd give up football and start supporting the rugby team. <laughs> they were they were awful. Um, they were awful. But, but look at looking at this. I mean, this is our, our positional report. So the attack sides, it's good to see. Uh, it's pretty sort of you know we're not just relying on one side. Like when it was Barnes, it was ninety percent on the left and five percent middle, five percent right. But what worries me looking at that? And again, should I be worried? Um, shot directions, absolutely no percent from the right from Fatarou's side. No, it's one of those, he got through a lot of defensive work, but I almost feel like he was marked out of the game. And like, I credited Daka for this as well, but Daka worked so hard relentlessly. And I mm. thought that opened up a lot more space for Mavadidi because I've noticed it a lot. Mavadidi, when he gets marked out of the game and they sort of put two men on him, Fatawu then gets a lot more space. So I think it's a fact that you mentioned it, Barnes used to get it two players on him and then you had nothing on the other side. And then previous to that, you had Mares would get marked out of the game on the right. Yeah. And then you couldn't, didn't really have any options off the left. So I think the fact that there's two threatening wingers either side can only be a positive. And mm. I, I, I know, I know Brad's probably going to go mad at me because I'm going to talk about his other love child here, Perez. But as wingers that we've got at the moment, it's great to see wingers that are finally doing their fair share of defensive work. And you cannot say that neither Mavadidi or Fatou are shy at coming back and doing their defensive duties. No, they're both. And that uh, was it for Fatou header uh, in the first half, right on uh, clearing it behind. That was, that was yeah. like defense. That was what you'd expect to see from sort of a proper right back, not a right winger. But yeah. Yeah. as much as people didn't like Perez, one thing that I think I will never criticise him for is how hard he worked because he he 
he tracked back. He worked incredibly hard. He was just a bit lightweight, got pushed around. And if we're being honest, he wasn't a winger either. No, he wasn't. I agree with you on that one. Um, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll go to Brad about Perez. Otherwise, we could be here for. Uh, it's, you know, it, it is Brad. Brad's love child, isn't it? Brad? I, I like, I, I'm in the minority. I quite like Tyrese Perez. Brad, did you? You didn't, did you? You're certainly in the minority on your own. Out of the I, I'm going to do a family fortunes here. Out of a hundred people, we served a, We served, surveyed. What player was good at playing right wing for Leicester? I survey said, and went one point for Perez because you would I be all alone. Well, 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 we all have turned our nose up at Sean Dyche. He don't look like he's doing too badly. Oh, my God. Hang on. Um, 54 minutes into the chat, he's taken <laughs> Ant to bring Sean Dyche into it. My God. You, you know I love Sean Dyche. <laughs> I know you love a bit of Sean Dyche. You're, you're into the ginger, uh, Mourinho, aren't you? <laughs> well, if we can't get Jose, we'll get the ginger. No, I've got to say, or just taking aside position for a minute um fair play to him because you know uh, most teams i think having had that point deduction would have sort of you know gone into a bit of a slump but you know it looks like even with those points deducted uh he's going to stay up but then again there's three absolutely awful sides uh in that division below them at the moment um looking at that brad uh sorry i'm sorry um and i i 58% of the shots that Ipswich took were long-range from outside the box. We didn't have one. We had 100% within the penalty box, 20% within the six-yard box. Um, which which sort of which do you prefer? Do you prefer us taking long shots? Without long shots, we've only won to win the FA Cup. But then, you know, look how many shots, you know, 50, half of their shots that were from outside the box. And we saw that before, 20, 20 shots, one goal. Well, if you look at that, our goal came from them having a long shot, the ball being turned over and mm. scoring on the counters. What Enzo Maresca says about having control of the game, which is why we don't take low percentage long shots, really. And it's like, as fantastic as they look when they go, go in the back of the net, you're looking at about a one in, what, 50 that will go in. So, and then mm. you give, you're just giving the ball back. So I get why we don't take them, but at the same time, it, it would be nice just to see one fizz in top bins at some point. Well, Winks, he, he, yeah. he can do it, can't he? But to be um, fair, that, was, that was only just outside the edge of a box. It wasn't a proper, proper long shot. No, no, but it was, it was outside. That you've got to you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> um, Brad, I want to talk goalkeepers again, um, and I'm going to bring your uh, your compatriot up here, Mads Hermanson. Uh, I don't know how well you can see that heat map, guys. Um, but are you able to see that at all, Brad and uh, Ant? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, the blue is literally almost, you know, well, it is halfway, uh, you know, up towards the halfway line. He nearly got chipped once, Ant. He's going to get chipped at some point during the season, isn't he? Watford tried it. Ipswich tried it. Teams are going to start are starting to find him out. Oh. Again, he wasn't nearly chipped. He dealt with it quite comfortably. It's like we're going to play with a sweeper keeper if we're going to press up high on the halfway line. It's like 
if you want to play a pressing front foot style of football, you need to have a sweeper keeper. Otherwise, you'll just one ball in behind and then uh, and then you've got all of the space of the half. It's like we moaned for years about Schmeichel sti sticking to his own goal line. Now we've got someone who's coming off his line. You're moaning. He's coming off his line. He's, he's closer to the opposition uh, goal than he is ours sometimes. But, Come on. Like, right, I'll say it like this. Name one top team that doesn't have a keeper that is, that's a sweeper keeper. Yeah, but as a sweeper keeper, should he be that far out? Yeah, I would like him another couple of yards forward. <laughs> You're just an awkward bastard. That's you. No, no, yeah. I think I don't have any issue with him doing it. I think I think it's exactly the style that we're trying to play. And it's like if you're trying to press high up the pitch, which I think we're all in agreement that that's what Enzo wants to do, uh, like when out of the ball, you cannot then have like a high press and then a keeper that's sat on his own six-yard line because there's just too much room in between and you will just get found out every time with one ball over the top. Brad, as part of the goalkeeper unions, your thoughts on this point? Uh, I mean, I, I agree to a certain extent with Van uh, that look, it's the fashion trend of the century, whether we like it or not. I, You know, I... I I'm like you, Chris. I, I don't mind it being used, but sometimes a bit of common sense is needed sometimes. But but then also you look at it and you, and, and you go, well, yes, he, can, he might play in a risky pass, but if, the, the, you know, the footballers in front of him also have a brain, they also have eyes. I mean, they know that if he's played a pass, he goes, oh, this is going to get risky. I don't fancy my chances there. They could always hoof it out. They could always boot it 50 yards up the pitch. Um, will he get caught out eventually? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Maybe. Maybe. Is, you know, uh, you know we're, all, we're holding them up there in the upper echelons of Alison and Edison, who have been doing it for seven or eight years under Klopp and, 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 and Pep themselves. So... And they've made mistakes. They have passed. They've had goalkeepers. Do we all remember Claudio Bravo at Pep? I mean, Vardy scored three, and we won four-two because of Bravo trying to play that way. So time will tell whether Hermansen's the perfect fit for the goalkeeper he's trying to have um, as his as his number one. So far, minus a few eerie moments. So good for him. So until it becomes a concern. Until it starts going AWOL and every pass is going to a opposition and he's conceding or he's getting chipped every couple of games, unless that happens, I'm not too concerned for now. Uh, but I feel like even if it did become a concern and, and Hamadson doesn't become the goalkeeper we're expecting, 
he's only going to bring in someone else, Chris, that's going to do the exact same as him. So you might have to like it and lump it with Hamadza being our fifth centre-back at times, if you will. I, 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 go, I go with the sweeper-keeper, and, and that is the trend. And, you know, whatever I say, you know, yes, I complained about Schmeichel not coming off his line. I just think sometimes when you, you, know, when you see the, the camera pans out and you're thinking, what the bloody hell is he doing there? With a very, you know, with a a, a team that couldn't, and I say Watford had actually identified that and tried to do it, and they did it. I think it was against Cardiff in the following game and got you know scored a goal from it. I just think, come on, there's got to be a bit of sense here. How far forward do you need to be? To be fair, Watford only tried it because they couldn't get into our half any other way. Like every, other, every other time they gave the ball up. So. Fair, but, point, fair point. But no, like um, I say, I, I get it, but it's just like, can we just be a little bit sensible about it for me, I think? Not, maybe but, not so far. The thing is, so I know we sort of differ on opinions on this, but at the same time, I think one thing to remember with Hamilton, he's 23. For a goalkeeper, that is ba- like that's baby age, really. Like Goalkeepers come into their prime, what, 33, 34 kind of time? So he's, I I think he's been fantastic this season. I really do, uh, and it's like I just think he's going to develop more and more. It's like we've, I think we both said at the end of last season that we need to go back to what we did, which was made it successful with buying these young, talented players that you can improve, develop. So what comes with that is players that will make mistakes, and it's like I think you've got almost accept that to realise it's going to be at times it'll be taking a step backwards to take two steps forwards mm-hmm. no, no, and and like I say a lot of the time as I said to you right at the start you know I do I do play devil's advocate uh, in a lot of these uh, positions uh, but all all I can really say to you uh, Ant, your opinion is wrong there we go uh, <laughs> right <laughs> we're going to be talking players player ratings and uh, judging and marking the players I'm I'm only going to mark one player, and then I'm just going to let Ant and um, I know Ant's got to go, sort of in about twenty minutes. But let him and and Brad uh, give their ratings for the players, uh, and we'll do that straight after this if I can find what I need to do, uh, which is here. The Talksport Fan Network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts, including Leicester Till I Die, independent analysis and reaction for the Foxes faithful. The Talksport Fan Network, unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Follow the podcast on the Talksport Fan Network. Okay, uh, Brad, let's start with you. Uh, six. I was I was that fuming at the end of the match. I told her. Uh, I told Alan not to give me his ratings because uh, I didn't think anybody deserved any. Uh, <laughs> that's how annoyed I was. But he came back. I said, I'll oh, give me them for the uh, review. He came back with a six for a team performance. What do you think about that? Hello, uh, uh, Brad. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was in such a such a move with my uh, thing that I did completely forgot to, uh, to, to unmute myself. <laughs> I... I actually think the rating's pretty fair. Look, it was the traditional game of two halves. I mean, Christ almighty, we, we dominated that first half and everybody was joyous. And in the second half, it was backs against the wall. Um, and we couldn't, we just could not get going. Mm. Um, so it was just, um, it was just one of them really, wasn't it? Where the first, Game in two halves, told out to be different. 
And um, yeah, look for me. Oh, I think a six is fair. I think a six is, is is definitely fair. I would have given them that as well. And six, I think, yeah. Echoing everything Brad said. First off, if you can do half by half, I'd give it eight first half and four second half. So me yeah. in the middle and go six. Six. No, that's fine. Right, man of the match. Uh, let's stick with you for this one. Um, and I, that, can I just say that had nothing to do with me. I did not give this. Alan gave this. He was at the match. Goes to every match, home and away. And he's come to it up with Vestergaard. Uh, and who was your man of the match? I think we. I think you mentioned him earlier, Faz. Well, Faz got through so much defensive work, and he was also keep. Uh, he was directly against Wes Byrne, who's been one of the best informed players in the league this season, and didn't really see hit, see a sniff out of him. Fair point. Uh, Ant, uh, sorry, your aunt, aren't you, Brad? Uh, your man of the match? I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a surprise one out there. You get, um, you get Dave and I'm banning you from the channel. It's mad the choice I'm going to make uh, because he didn't play the entire game. But you've got to appreciate, Ant, Ant pointed out a moment in the first half that this player had, which is absolutely pivotal, that he got his head on the ball. We've been screaming out for a Mares-esque replacement on that right wing back. And again, I am not saying talent-wise, but I'm saying effort and what he offers as a player on that right side. He gets back, he attacks and shows more effort than Morris ever did at certain points in his career, majority of his career at Leicester. Again, Morris got better with age and he got better through things, but I think he always had that French, Frenchy, Algerianness in him for a strop, throw his toys out of pram, and he wasn't the best defensively. Now, granted, down the line, managers realised that and quickly made him just an attack-minded winger. But for a universal winger and how pivotal he was, he made some superb tackles as well in the box. For me, it was Fatawu, where he had another fantastic game. He, you know, he showcased, you know, we're saying we'll have better players needed for next season to go to the Premier League. That's one position I'm not worried about if we make his loan permanent because he, he looks like a player that is going to light that division, um, <laughs> light that division up if he's in there next uh, and you're going to have to just give us a shout when you uh, have to go. Um, yeah. Don't want don't upset your mother as well as uh, as well as Brad's. Um, I'm not going to give Jordan's uh, from the um, from the Mercury Leicestershire Live ratings out. We're just going to straight with with you two. Uh, Hermanson, uh, I see only one I'm going to rate, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you two go first. Um, we'll let the goalkeeper coach go first. Uh, Brad? His distribution, whilst we understand why he does it, was still poor. There was some better options um, that he could have and probably should have used. Um, I don't know if that's because he fears or doesn't want to upset Enzo and go against the grain of trying to pass it out the back more and he, he just wants to go with it. But I have to give him a six because minus the deflection for the goal, he one save to make made it fairly comfortably and didn't do a lot wrong. 
he did. Basically. He did his job, as Roy Keane would say. That's his job. So yeah, I give him a six. Give him a six. Um, and uh, I'll go seven. As I said earlier, I don't think his distribution was anywhere near as poor as you guys are saying it was. But again, the save that he made. It was a good save, but it's a save you would expect him to make. And then, obviously, he made the comfortable save where he nearly got chipped as well. But it, he didn't have a huge amount to do, did he, really? No, no, no in fairness, he, 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 but he probably didn't. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Guy, I've gone five because uh, I do think he uh, he played us into trouble, uh, I think it was four or five times. Uh, yes, he made a great save, and I gave him credit for that in the, in the watch-along. But then again, I say that is his job. Uh, that is something he needs to work on. I can't go as low as the four I gave him a few weeks ago, but uh, just because of his of his sort of, I still think it's bad distribution. I'm giving him a five. And let's stay with you and go on to your man of the match, Vout uh, Fage. What would you give him? I'll give him an eight. He just nothing came down that side, did it? Until mm. Wes Byrne was completely shut down, then. Amari Hutchinson, who's one of like Chelsea, they've definitely got the better of the two Chelsea loanies. We'll leave it like that. Who and he got absolutely no change out of him either. Mm. Um, so eight for you, Brad. Oh, well, Faze has shown over the last few weeks that he is actually quite versatile. He does. Um, he does things well. Uh, he can play across the board. I think I kind of noted. Uh, in the game before, that he played left centre back, centre centre back, left back. He seemed to play everywhere that, apart from his natural position in that back line. I was impressed with him. I think he's come on leaps and bounds since his first early days at Leicester. You know, from the dark days of the Tottenham game on his debut when the Liverpool uh, debacle, he scored. He's where Leicester scored all the goals, and unfortunately, he scored two of them in the wrong net. Uh, he, he developed and matured so much, uh, in my opinion. I, I have to agree with Van. I think he had a very solid game. I, I'm going to get. I'm going to give him a. Yeah, I'm going to give him. You know what? No, I'm going to give him a seven. I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, buddy, I wrote, I wrote eight down for you then. Uh, uh, yeah, I toyed with the idea, but I think you'll know why I'm. I'm going to go for. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, total says Chris has it in for Mads. I don't. Uh, I just have an opinion uh, about a player, and uh, I don't think he had a particularly good game. Um, and I think we we are, you know, entitled to say that when we don't. Uh, and as you see, it'd be interesting to see how many player scores actually agree are agreed between Ant and Brad here. Right, going on from Vout phase. So I must admit now, um, I was a little bit worried when he used to play on that left side. But I think, and fair play to Enzo, he's realised if he's going to play Vout on the left, then he needs to bring Ricardo over as well. Uh, unfortunately, when the BBC put the team news up before the uh, kickoff, they still had Ricardo on the right. They hadn't worked it out yet. Um, but look, um, what can I say about this next man? Um I can't blame him for the own goal, but then let's be honest with you, you can't really blame the player for most own goals because they don't go out there to score them. Uh, Brad will stay with you, um, uh, the, the Great Dane. Yeah, again, for all the ups and downs we've had about that performance, the defence was fairly solid throughout, restricting it switch to hopeful hits, uh, always getting a body on the line. 
Um, he is the defender that do you feel the attacking side um, look at as a little bit of a chink in the armour because his pace isn't that great and, and, and if he's going to get caught out high up, you know, you're going to have players chasing to kind of deal with him. But that aside, on the actual performance, again, the own goal, what you know, what can you do sort of thing. There's not really a lot he can do about that. Yeah, again, another solid performance. Uh, I'm going to go back to my old school ways as I used to, Chris, and kind of match him up with, well, Faze in that one. Uh, he gets a seven. Seven. Uh, and I think he's all right um, going forward. I think, you know, he can pick some good long passes out uh, uh, to, to the wingers. But as Brad says, maybe it's his actual getting back if we, we're then sort of broken, you know, broken against. Uh, but your mark for, for Yannick? Seven, I thought he did everything he needed to. I don't, my one thing is, and I notice this massively, and I, this is as much on the midfield as it is on him. Once Dewsbury Hall and Ndidi came off, he wasn't playing those def- uh, those line splitting passes that he was before, but I don't think then Cassidy or Atgun have got the ability to take the ball on the half turn like Dewsbury Hall has, which is probably why. No, that's fine. Um, so, uh, uh, well, you've agreed on that one after I said you probably won't agree on much. Uh, just, I'm, I'm sure you probably got him at a different score, but just did that to. To prove me wrong, Ant. It's the sort of thing he does, guys. Um, Ant, stick with you. Is that the way we're going to do it? Uh, Connor Cody, bit ring rusty, but didn't do anything majorly wrong, did he? No, I'm in between a five and a six here. I'll go six because defensively he was he did everything he needed to. But on the ball, I just thought, as you said, he looked rusty. It wasn't quite as smooth as when James Justin's there. But in an Enzo team, it's so important what you are on the ball. Like that's that's crucial. But again, he didn't do anything wrong, and it's, I just think, as you said, ring rust. I think he'll get better the more he plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, you've given two of the three central defenders um, sevens. Are you going to stick with the same with Connor? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. And, and and the reason I'm going to is because I actually felt. That um, that he was he was decent for somebody who's had minutes sparingly um, throughout the season, and, and there's a few players we'll get into later who are the same. Who you know we've we've not really um, we've not really actually been fair to when they've been getting chances. I think he deserves a seven defensively. He was fine. He was kind of there to kind of try and cover phase and vested guard to give them a bit more freedom so they had a bit more dependency if they lost the ball up and considering he's barely played this season to come in and play the way he did didn't shark his responsibility never looked down and out uh you know like on his haunch is ready to come off or anything mm. so yeah for me he was he, he, he was perfectly fine, and I'm going to match him up. He gets a seven for me. Yeah, I think, I think it's that, that ring rust for me. Uh, I remember Justin, when he played against Southampton, I felt the same about him, but, you know, look at him now. Um, okay, let's stick again with you. Uh, I've just sent a message in the private chat, Ant. Um, but Ricardo, um, Brad? Not, not his greatest game in terms of getting forward, but I don't think that was his all-round target for the game. I think Enzo clearly planned for a 
a, a, a struggle, if you will, and, and, and maybe even though it's not a preferred way, ironically, even though we didn't get a chance to do it that often, he was hoping that we could counter-attack Ipswich and, and maybe break the lines, which meant that the likes of uh, Ricardo and maybe not having that natural left-wing back made that decision as well, to be fair, but mm. the likes of Ricardo and FaZe weren't being asked or expected to go as far forward adventuring as 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 they did so for that reason defensively wise he did his job he was fantastic uh but because we weren't able to really see a lot of him and he was more marshalling and probably earning that captain role if you will i suppose this game he earned his captain role by instructions and and you know controlling players when they were getting a bit shirty with refereeing decisions didn't go their way i'm gonna give him a i'm gonna give him a six i'm gonna give him a six because you know, that one half of the game that we love to see, unfortunately, we did not get to see it at all, to my knowledge, um, from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, and um, he, did, he, he was arguing with the referee, he argued himself into booking, didn't he? But um, we all thought six from Brad for Ricardo. Yeah, he's one of those games where we just didn't really see him. And I think, like, defensively, he's he'll always get himself about, but... I just would have liked to have seen him get on the ball a little bit more. But again, that's yeah. where you've got to credit Ipswich for marking him out of the game because he's so important. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are you going to give uh, Mr. Piera? Six. 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 Okay, that's two you've agreed on. Bloody hell. Um, let's stick with you then, Ant, for um, Kieran Jewsbury Hall. Uh, got taken off. I don't think he had such a bad game, to be honest with you. No, and it, I thought he was doing quite well up until we, where he got taken off. Um, should have had a penalty. Uh, I don't think anyone's really going to disagree with that. But, no. yeah, I'll say a seven for Dewsbury Hall. He's always looking, driving forward, always looking positive. And mm-hmm. I understand why he got taken off because of, obviously, the amount of football that's been played. But I think he... You only realise how much he does once he's not there. Mm, indeed, indeed. Uh, Brad, KDH for you. Uh, look, I'm glad that he's coming into his own. You know, I said it for the first few weeks of his time in the Championship. I think he took the Madison role lit- too literal. Uh, I know he still does take our free kicks and corners, but I felt like... He's okay to give them up for other players. I think we've seen a few random players. In fact, Vestergaard one game, didn't he take one, Chris? I think he did from a promising position. So I think he's going to take those shackles off. And I think his role's become a bit more universal. I know he wants to be the, you know, I know at the start of the season, as I'm sure most did, he wants to be that standout player, not just in the Leicester squad. He wants to be the standout player in the championship. And you'll love this, Chris. Statistics show that he is by far and away one of the best midfielders in this division. You know, there's a lot of other, you know, podcasters and whatnot making these things and putting him in his team. For me, it was one of his quieter games. Again, I feel like when we're restricting to going through the middle and counter-attacking, he doesn't get to express himself as much going forward. It didn't do a lot wrong. Gave the ball away just as much as everyone else did in that midfield area. So I can't really pinpoint him for giving the ball away in that sense. As, as, as Again, his teammates did the same as well. 
I'm just trying to remember anything he did that was really like, yeah, that's a Jewsby Hall, classic Jewsby Hall through ball or a Jewsby Hall run or something like that. And I just don't remember it. So for me, it has to be a six. A six for you. All right. You say he could be one of the outstanding midfielders, Brad. Uh, we're going to come on to the guy that I think is the outstanding midfielder in this division and should win... Um, the, the 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 well I, I know they've got four haven't they for the player of the the, the half season or whatever the, the award they're giving uh harry winks uh what a buy again one of his quieter games but yeah um i can't i can't speak too highly about this guy sorry you, you're sticking with me yeah that's how we're doing it yeah, uh, yeah i thought that's how we're doing it do you have to go and yeah, I've got my mum calling me, telling me that she needs picking up. So, cheers for having me on, guys. Have, have a easy. great New Year. Happy New Year. Mate. Yeah, have a good one, mate. Yeah, you too, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks to Ant. I mean, you never want to keep your mother waiting, do you? No, no, no. That's why I kept mine out. She's gone out again. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, I have got his, I have got his scores anyway. Um... So give me, um, give, yeah, give me your, your points for Harry Winks, a quieter game for him. Yeah, again, I think you're going to see a familiar pattern with the middle middle three, barring one, that we'll, we'll, we'll get on to in a minute. Um, again, quiet game, fairly reliable, he always is. He's, he's a solid eight out of ten most weeks. I can't, I, if you ask me to pick a game where I wouldn't really think Harry Winks was a eight out of ten, I, I couldn't give you one. And, and for that reason... You know, he's not the glamorous footballer. He's not going to do keepy uppers and flicky dicky turns and spin around. You you watch him. Start doing I know. Yeah, well, you know, watch watch him against Cardiff do nutmegs and, 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 and rainbow flicks and all sorts. Now, I've said he's calm and composed on the ball. But for where there was panic in midfield, Harry Winks was always the guy that everyone turned to and looked at as go, here he comes. He'll tidy this mess up. And he did, yeah. to be fair. And for that reason, I am going to give him a little bit of a reach over over a, a KDH. I'm going to give him a... I gave KDH a six, didn't I? You did. I'm going to give Harry Winks a seven. A seven. seven. Okay. To me, and as much as I, 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 I have thought Vestergaard has come into his own this season, and it's funny said this so many times but when you actually play a player the way they're meant to be played brendan it's amazing how good they can be um but for the purchase of the summer not just for leicester but for the whole championship for me uh harry winks has got to be the sign i mean what did we pay for him 10 million was it i mean what a Oh, I thought Brad was going to come to the yes then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it for ten million. Yeah, he is. He's he's by far and away the signing of the championship window, let alone Leicester's window. I one hundred percent agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, I would like a bit more of West Brom from him, though. If you know, what I mean, Chris, I wouldn't mind him just kind of add that to his game. But uh, yeah, great, great player, great signing. Happy we've got him. And ironically. Yeah. As I've told you before, when a Spurs fan said, would you want Harry Winks? Said, Maybe if he was in the championship, well, get what you wish for, I guess. <laughs> yes. yeah. um, seven for uh, seven from, uh, from Ant for that. Um, 
Uh, where are we then? Who's coming up next after Harry Winks? Oh, Twinkle Toes. Wilfred Indeedy, Brad. The man that can play everywhere. Uh, well, maybe not as great everywhere, but he can play everywhere, it seems, in this in this, uh, in this this side. You know, Brendan said he could play centre-back. That's questionable. He could play central defensive midfielder. He could play number eight. He can play as a number 10. He can play as a number nine. He could play in goal, I guess, next week. If, uh, if uh, Enzo's had a few fizzy pops, he might stick him in goal. For me, I, I'm going to agree with something that Ant said earlier. Uh, not entirely with the player who came on instead of him, but I felt that when we took Ndidi off, we lost our impotence. We lost our... <laughs> Can I just say, that isn't the word you're looking for there. It isn't, the but it's... Looking for impetus. Impotence. <laughs> impotent as well without him, as well as impetus. You know, you both work, all right? Same difference. Same, same thing. I've got the same point across, all right? Shut up, leave me alone. It's Christmas. Right. We're, a bit, we're, a bit, we're a bit limp without him, shall I say. There you go. We, we, we're not going well. You could see the difference in, in, in tactics and, and how Enzo was wanting to see out the last 20-odd minutes of the game or whenever it was he came, he came off. Uh, and I don't usually do this, but because we didn't win, I'm kind of going to have to with, with, with the player later on. Because of the impact... And, and what we lose when he's not on the pitch, I'm going to give Wilfred an eight. Uh, I think you just saw, if there was one glaring obvious area where Leicester, not standards dropped, because I can't think of words now since I said impotent instead of impetus. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the level of, of te- intensity from a player definitely dropped when he got taken off and, and uh, Castle came on for him. Yeah, indeed. Um, and... From um, from Ant, he gave Ndidi a seven. Seven. Um, but we did. It was some strange substitutions today. I've got to be honest, uh, today on, on, on Boxing Day. But uh, Ndidi, we, I think more so, no, I know you are, obviously, you know, if my love child is Vestergaard, yours is Nacho. Um, and I think, fortunately, we're losing Daka as well, who, who's come in. But... Indeed, he's going to be a great loss for us uh, in January, definitely. Um, right, we go from uh, Big Wolf and we go to Steffi Mavadidi, who got an eight from um, from Ant. Oh, an eight. Um, not so sure. I'm not so sure. Uh, again, uh, we're going to talk about it with the other winger, even though the other winger, spoiler alert, if you've not been watching coming up, he's going to get a far better rating than Mavadidi did. And this isn't a discredit to Mavadidi. I just feel like with Mavadidi, we've got such a talented player on our hands. And maybe, again, it's I, I, I'm marking him above my own expectations, if you will, than, than what I expected to, to see of him on the night. Um, credit to Ipswich on this one, I suppose, goes to them as well, forcing us to play it down the middle more than it was be with play that we we attacked them with, but again, some somewhere of his game, we just didn't get the chance to see a lot of it. And unfortunately, um, after his goal, I don't remember him doing a lot enough. I mean, look, if I was going to give him a rating on his goal, it'd be a ten. 
his goal was superb. I mean, I know some divvy commentator chose to say that it was a great goal, but somehow the goalkeeper could have done better. No, he's picked that out in your net every day of the week, mate, and it's going in every time. It was a fantastic goal. Unfortunately, Chris, after that, there wasn't really much he got in joy attack-wise. And again, that credit comes to the opposition for that. It wasn't like he had a bad game, but he just boiled off for the remainder of the game, in my opinion, in, in, in the area that need him to be. And, and for me, I'm going to give him... I, I, I'm one of them. I won't let a goal pull the wool over my eyes. I'm not a Boris. I'm not suddenly going to give him a 10 because he scored a goal when he had an average game. Um, Boris used to give Vardy a 10 when he scored 10 games before. I think, I think Boris would have given Vardy a 10 for being on the bench. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to cause a bit of a stir here, I reckon. I'm going to give him a six. I think after his goal, he wasn't that impressive in, in where we needed him to be. Mm-hmm. I think okay. it switched on him. It is your opinion that I don't mind being a minister. Let's move on to, uh, I think we know where this is going for you, but he got an eight off, um, uh, uh, What's he called? Ant. He got an eight off Ant. And I didn't... Sorry, I should have said while he was in Ant's Leicester fan channel. There's a link in the description below on YouTube. Please go out. And uh, if you are not subscribed to his channel, please get over there and subscribe to his channel. Uh, it's a great Leicester channel. Um, he's given him an eight, which I look at. And again, I know you're going to give him a high mark here because he's your man of the match. No spoiler alerts, really, if you've been watching it. But um, I wasn't overly impressed. No, but I, I can understand why. And this is it's, it's kind of complementing to the reason I gave Madhavadidi such a low score. Because whilst, you know, whilst Fatou could have easily been Mahrez-esque in a way, been stroppy that he wasn't getting the ball, that option been frustrated that they were closing him down, that they seemed to double mark him at times. And he wasn't able to do the top-end priority of his you know, requirements of what you expect him to do on a football pitch. For, for Leicester, which is get forward with the ball, get into dangerous areas, put in decent crosses. He put in a few decent crosses, but again, majority of that came in the first half. Um, but the one thing, you know, we, we've always kind of been a bit kinder on our wing-backs, haven't we, Chris? We've always said, oh, yeah, but they're attacking the high up the field. We don't expect them to do a job. But normally when they come back, it's a disaster. So we'd rather them not come back and defend. This guy could play right back and you wouldn't know the difference. He is phenomenal at tracking back. He made, he came out of, he was like an RKO. If you know you're wrestling, you know what I'm going to say. He's like an RKO because he comes out of nowhere and just strikes. He just gets the ball, slides out, you know, gets an inch-perfect tackling and he even then, he sometimes gets the ball and, and puts Leicester on the front foot by giving it to Ricky P, and he runs past him so he can get the ball back. And I just, I love his work rate and commitment to the course. He's one of the players that, if you said this guy's going to run through a brick wall for you to do exactly what you're asking of him, it was him. And even though we didn't get the attacking side of things uh, too much, he made up for it with his effort he put at the back. I can't give him a nine because he did peter out. And I know I normally go a rating higher for my um, man of the match, but he also gets an eight. He was my man of the match. He was up there with Ndidi. But for me, it's the fact that he did the unexpected work that we don't expect of him, just as good, if not better, than some of the defenders at the time, that he got my man of the match. And that's why I gave him an eight. That's fine. Uh, Terry, 
welcome along mate um yeah we both had a good christmas i hope you did as well looks like you're still having a good christmas it looks like you, you you're typing in pissed font there uh goody lead good all uh, <laughs> good evening to you terry uh hope you have a good christmas mate uh hope you do i'm going to be controversial now brad because i am going to give Fatou just a six i did say i wasn't going to actually comment on, on any of the player apart from mads uh, I wasn't impressed with him this day. And yes, he, he does his normal job of coming back and he defends well. And I love this player. And if we do not sign, if I mean, I know if we go up, we sign him. Um, is it 17 million or something? I mean, what a bargain. We we should be paid, we should be saying to Sporting Lisbon, we'll give you the money in January. We'll go off, wait until the end of the season. Let's give it him now. Let's get him assigned as a permanent player. I love this guy. For me, unfortunately, just not one of his better games. Uh, but look, that's what it's all about, people. Just showing you there, you are allowed to have a difference of opinion, you know. Mm, I know, shock horror to the woke brigade, but there we go. Uh, Daka got a seven uh, from Ant. Uh, Brad, what are you going to give him? Yeah, people People maybe are in that early days Vestergaard stage with, with Daka because the first four or five games of Yannick's uh, tenure at Leicester this year, it came under a bit of well, yeah, but it's you know almost like we expected it to go wrong and be proven right as Yannick's this useless lamppost that can't play football. Definitely not an expression of mine that I used over the last last few uh, eighteen months of his time. But never would I say such a harsh thing towards a player and then get proven wrong. But I feel like with tentative stage, I know, I know. I feel like some fans are in this tentative stage with Daka where he does something good and it's like. Yeah, but he didn't do this and he didn't do that, so he's actually pretty crap. He's got four goals and I think three assists in in what six five games now. Something That's like pretty, that. pretty, yeah, something like that. Considering, you know, we look at the the legend that is Jamie Vardy this season, a very underperforming Ian Acho this season. You know, they, he's got six goals, Vardy. I think Nacho's got the same as Daka, and, and Daka's played, well, he's played five games, funny enough. So, you know what I mean? And you look at everything he contributed into that game, it was a very tough afternoon. You know, we have to remember, this Ipswich actually showed us why they're the only team in the division that are anywhere near us in terms of points and 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 and, and, their, and their win-and-loss ratio and, and everything else in between. Because they made it very difficult for us in an attacking sense. Um, but he got a great assist, Chris. He played well. He ran ragged. Again, he, he he did his job as best as he could in what was a difficult afternoon for him. And you haven't changed a thing along for Fatou. So people think I'm talking about Fatou here, Chris. Come on, come on, keep up. I've just noticed it myself. Shut up. Don't say anything. We've got to edit it. It's not live. <laughs> I'm going to give him a seven. I agree with Van. I think he's going to I'm granddad. I know, right? Well, where was my Christmas present? Yeah, you Scrooge. Anyway, <laughs> I'll give him a seven. Actually, I think people might be sat here going, oh, he's a five, he's a six. Yeah, he got a six, but he did nothing. He actually did have a very good game. He, he gets a seven from me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking. Did he get... Who got the assist? Um... It was Daku, it was his through ball to Mavadidi. Yeah, and he yeah, I was saying, therefore, look, I like Daka. Um, I think, you know, before he started playing four or five games ago, he'd had 27 minutes. Um, uh, <laughs> 
Terry, Terry's just said, you should have been in at the start, Terry. You'd, had, you'd have seen how much I agreed with you. Because that piss would give the goalkeeper man of the match. <laughs> a man after my own heart. A man after my own heart. Uh, no, look, with Dakar, um, he'd had 27 minutes uh, game time. 26 of those were against Liverpool. And one of those, I think, was against Stoke. And then he came in and was thrown in. And look what he's done. You know, and again, we've always said, haven't we, that, you know, and it was the same with Kells when he first signed, that you need, um, you know, regular games. Like Cody, we look ring rusty. Dak has come in and taken his chance. Wow. Now, I don't know when his contract runs out. I think it's got longer than, than Kells has. Um, I can, I'm sorry, Brad, you're going to hate me for this, but I can probably see Kells leaving and Dak stopping. Um, but I agree with you, Chris. I actually do agree with you, whether I like it or not. I can see that being the case, especially now we are close to the January window. I think Enzo's gonna be forced to shove before he jumps, sort of thing. With with Ian Acho, sorry, go on. No, 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 I agree. So, and I, I'm, I'm saying, look, you know, he's played four or five games. Let's not go mad and go, this is the you know, this is the Messiah that's just walked through the door and, you know, we don't need Vardy anymore. Let's give it a little bit uh, longer time. But um, let, let's just, um, you know, we will, we will see how it gets on, see how it gets on. But certainly at the moment, he is looking, looking the business, looking the business. Uh, now, uh, Ant hasn't put any marks in for the substitute, so I'm going to be doing that for you. But, Brad, let's come to you first. There are some weird substitutes, I'm not going to lie. Um, but we're going to look at the substitutions now and uh, go for Cashaday. I feel a little bit sorry for Cashaday because anybody who comes on for a player of Wilfred Dedes and Calabar instantly gives you that feeling of, oh, that's that's going to take something out of the game. And for, for the style of player the cast of the years and what we needed on the pitch at the time, um, I actually think it was the wrong substitution. I agree with Van. I think if you're going to take Ndidi off looking to see out the 1-0 win, you don't put Cassidy, um on, you put uh, Chowdhury on. Having said that, he is a forward-thinking player, as Cassidy. He got his second goal for us uh, in that win against Rotherham. And, it, you know, he was getting, not starts, but he's been getting more consistent minutes. And again, we've just noted on it for the last several weeks, it feels like, because it feels like we're talking about an eternity. But over the, you know, international AFCON tournament, he's going to be a player that we rely on. Is he slowly coming into his own? I think maybe. I just think this was the. I think this is on Enzo that he had a an inactive game for me because uh, I don't remember being on the pitch. I'll be honest with you. I know he came on, but I don't remember anything really happening um, in, in that sense. And uh, unfortunately, Chris, because he wasn't able to get involved and because his main mentality of way of thinking and playing isn't the defence first it's a t it's be the outlet man in the middle uh, he just gets a six I have to be honest with you I'm going to agree with you I'm, I'm going to give him a six um, I think you look you know what fans are like we like to have at least one player that we, we seem to like to pick on uh, you know it, it, it was Barnes last season it, it, and Vestergaard in fairness Um 
it was uh, who's the guy who went to Chelsea, the defender, forgotten his name. Um, not not the devil child, the other one that from that was left back. Chilwell. Chilwell, that's it. We hated Chilwell, even though he was England's first choice left back. Leicester fans hated him. Uh, I I I just think it's unfortunate that he's taken a little bit longer to settle. Um and and I think people have sort of seen how Fatou and Mavadidi have come in and exploded onto the scene and probably expected a lot from, from, from Cashley. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you and give him a, a six. Now, this is going to be interesting. Mm. Take it away, Brad. I can't believe I'm saying this, Chris. But collecting that show... You need to make a decision because at the start of the transfer window, there was obvious talk. There was Crystal Palace. There was Bournemouth. Oh, that might have been Dakar. I'm thinking of I don't know. But there was like Crystal Palace, Wolves. Some other teams were sniffing yeah. around. Bournemouth were in for Dakar. Yeah. Wolves and something else. Like Forest. Yeah. Forest. Yeah. yeah. So they. Were they were all in for him, and then it didn't really happen. Nobody really met the value that we had for him. And I think Leicester were fair on the value, considering he had 12 months left. It's, you know, you're talking, well, we want to get not top-range money, which I don't think he's valued at. But I think they were saying, we kind of want some agreement where we either get it all in one go or you're willing to say, I don't know, we'll give you 10 million now and if he scores 50 goals for us, well, that's when we'll give you another five. Or whatever, you know, all these contracts could be convoluted with terms and conditions. Um, and I thought when that didn't happen... I remember, Chris, about a week or so afterwards, Leicester instantly announced that they were in discussion talks with Ian Atro over a new deal. And we kind of thought, OK, he's probably going to see how the first couple of months of the season go. And then if Leicester are high-flying, he'll commit because he knows they're going to go straight back up sort of thing. And he's just been disappointing. And he's continued that. And he continued that against Ipswich because whilst he's different to Dakar, I, it's just for me it's the wrong substitution he's not going to be here over january early february and i don't think he's going to be coming back to us from the afcon as a leicester city player look i loved him i wanted him to make all the right means i was like Ant was at the start of the season i thought yes come on ian nacho start us off on the foot. sign a two-year or a three-year extension on your contract whatever you need for it whatever but sign it put the rumours you're going to go to less and go and bag 20 goals this season. Now, we could still get proven wrong. He could come back from AFCON, he could sign a new deal <laughs> before he goes away, and he could come in and bang 15 goals in and, and, and come back ready and, and all is forgiven. But right now, he is the only player I have seen on that pitch in recent weeks where I think he is ready to go. He's he's waiting for the January transfer window, so that move that didn't happen with Crystal Palace can happen. And unfortunately, his he he seems to be proving that with his actions on the pitch. I'm not saying he doesn't give a hundred percent, but I just feel like his his mind slowly edged elsewhere. You no, know, because he knows the time at less is coming to an end. And I, yeah, and I think unfortunately. Uh, a certain Ballon made the wrong decision with Tillemans in January. Uh, and I'm going to say it now. If he isn't going to sign a new contract, get rid of him. 
Yeah. And I don't care, Chris. At this point, I do not care if that's loaning him out and then we let him go as a free at the end of the season. If that's the only way clubs are going to come in and be interested for him because it's January and his six months left on the contract. Because mm-hmm. we've got things to worry about, I'm afraid. Indeed, he's more of a worry to me than it is Ian Hatch right now. And I'm going to give him a four, Chris. And that's only because I like him. I, I, I was teetering with a three, to be honest with you. In fact, yeah. if we're going to take the actual glasses off, I'm going to give him a three. I'm going to give him a three because he was, he, he really didn't do anything. I don't remember him being on the pitch, if I'm being honest, Chris. And it wasn't like he came on with two minutes to go. He came on with a chance to turn that game and kill it off for us. So, yeah, take me in actual specs off. Yeah. No, interesting to see. Um, I. I wasn't impressed with the Inacho in this game. I don't think it was the right substitution, like you said. I don't think any of the substitutions, possibly Eunice, um, because we're going to have to maybe rely on Eunice during, during AFCOM. Uh, but we'll come on to him next anyway. Uh, has he been overshadowed by Dakar? Oh, you'd say that. But, you know, when your strikers in Vardy, your main two strikers, which are Vardy and Inacho. We've only got like seven and six goals each, I think it is. And then um, Kells hasn't scored in six before Dakar came in. I think Dakar has made probably Kells look possibly worse than he is because we do know what Kells can do. But again, it's a different style that we are now playing, a style that suits, for example, Vestergaard. And I think it's a style that suits um, um, Dakar. I really do think it's a style that suits Dakar. I think he's better suited than Kells, uh, but he didn't have a good game. I'm not going to be quite as nasty as you, but I can only give him a four, Brad. I'm sorry. Um, I know he, 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 you know, you like him. You've given him a three. I, I, I don't think I could go that low, but I have given him a four. Um, look, the last substitute, and I'm surprised we only made three out of five with so many games. Uh, Eunice, um, we said about Cash a day. Um, this, you know, he's come out, Enzo, and said that he sees Eunice as uh, more of a central midfielder, possibly, possibly uh, uh, the the uh, the Ndidi role. I don't know, but if we're losing Mavadidi, and I think we're losing um, Fatu. Well, sorry, we're losing Fatu and Mavadidi. I think we are going to no, Mavadidi. is English. He hasn't. Um... He's English. I don't think we lose Mavadidi. He hasn't declared for another nationality yet either, as I last knew. So it is only Fatou we are losing, I believe. Then Fatou, it's because I'm looking at Mavadidi on a different screen. I haven't updated that one and I was trying to dig myself out of the hole that I'd made. Um, But yeah, in that case, then I think when Fatou goes over, Eunice could well be taken out onto that wing again. I like Eunice. I want him to do well. Um, if we'd signed him permanently, I wouldn't be disappointed with him. Um, again, you know, since he got injured, unfortunately, other players have come in and taken the chance. Um, but again, didn't really have much of an impact when he came on, did he? No, he didn't. It was almost like I would have preferred the subs to have been in reverse order. I'd have preferred, like, take Cassidy off to put Ndidi on, take Eunice off to put you know, whoever he came on for, to, you know, put Fatou on if you if you will. Um, look, we haven't we haven't really had the chance to see a lot of that gun um, for us in Leicestershire. He took a while to settle in, and he's had niggling injuries. And like you said, Chris, you know, some players are just taking to this squad 
uh, like nobody's business. So Fatu, we completely ruled out the battle of the right wingers, didn't he? Because we signed them both and we thought we were going to have an overload. And, you know, with Mavadidi, we thought, oh God, we're going to have three or four to choose from. And Atkins found a new role more in the middle. Mm. Um, and I think he's a promise. I think if you will... Again, Doyle's only just coming back from injury, so we're going to have to see a little bit more of what he he can offer us. But if you look at the loanies collectively, we've already signed, sealed and delivered on Fatawu. Let's face it, I think unless we do something wrong or biz- bizarre goes on, uh, there's no way he's not going to be a lesser player le- next season. Um, and even though we haven't seen a lot of him, I, I do like what I have seen of him. Wasn't his game, couldn't really do a lot in that manner. Did try to do it. Kind of reminds me of Dennis Pratt. Unfortunately, more similarly in a lot of ways, not just his playing style, but also his tendency to pick up injuries, which is a bit of concern. But I, like you, Chris, if you were to offer him offer him as to us right now in the January window and say, do you want to make his loan permanent and take the chance to sign him? I, I, I would, because he, you can see what he's got going. And again, he's young, running the teams. I think his is him. His performances will improve during that period. As for the game itself, I'm not going to be as harsh as I was to him as, as Ian Acho. I'm going to give him a six. Um, I've given him a five. Um, five, six. Sorry, mate. I was I was saying yeah five six is it's about fair yeah yeah uh, I'm just having a look yeah because Eunice he didn't come on until uh, well the 80th minute so uh, again that ten minutes uh, that he can't do right um, we've said about the subs not being the best one um, do we blame this man for the uh, the fact that we didn't hold on. No, I don't think you could blame him for how you hold on because if you if you take the goal in its context, it's what we'd restricted Ipswich to for ninety three and well, ninety two and a half minutes up until that actual incident, which was a long range shot. It it was more nervy than it needed to be. And again, we could have been in a more comfortable position and on a better night, we take the chances and we are in a bit more of a comfortable position going into that final five, ten minutes. Um, I do feel like this is a game where, against other oppositions, he's, he's felt more comfortable starting the the squad players, if you will. Whereas against Switch, he kind of went, well, I can't really start Cassidy and, and Eunice and, you know, and... and, and well, surprisingly, I thought it'd be Tom Cannon, but it was Kyle. So he obviously felt he had to go strong and then squad players to kind of change things up if necessary. I think he got that wrong. Um, but hindsight's a wonderful thing until you get the hind source in your eyes, then you can't see anything. Um, I don't think you can blame him for the goal. I don't think you can blame anyone for the goal. And again, 20 shots kind of masks actually where it's which took the shots from. They weren't like six yards out, eight yards out. Pepper and come outside the box. Yeah, exactly. So over half of them are outside the box. And it isn't like had Hermanson's coming off knackered, swept drifting down his face because he's made 16 saves. He, he had barely anything to do apart from one save and picked the ball out of his net. So I don't blame him for the goal. I don't blame anyone for the goal at all, actually, uh, in, in all in all sense. Um, 
And if we look at it realistically on the grand scheme of things, it is a good point. And I think it was a deserved point uh, from both sides. And realistically, the points only benefited Leicester because they're no closer to us than they were before the game. So on a whole, marking him down for a few dodgy substitutions um, should have changed the shape up maybe. Gone Tom Cannon, gone two up front, or at least played Pels as a false nine, maybe. But he didn't, so I'm going to give him a six. I'm going to give him a six. I felt he did let himself down in that department, which is, funny enough, the only thing he really has to do after team talks and yeah. talent to play is making a change. You've gone for a second six in a row. Um, I've gone for second five in the row. I've given him five. I think uh, he needs to not become a Brendan and he is becoming a little bit of a Brendan and people are going to go, no, he's not, how dare you say that, blah, blah, blah. Look, you know, three games, last three games we've conceded the last goal. Twice of them, two of them have been in injury time. Remember the uh, Tottenham game when we were actually leading until injury time. You know, we should not be doing that. We were the team that had uh, scored the most goals in the last 15 minutes. Um, I'm not saying whether with the team that's conceded the most goals in the last 15 minutes, but we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be doing that. But look, there we go. Um, he gets a five. Uh, but we're, we're only judging these players on this one game, remember? We're not judging them on the whole season or anything like that. Um, but there we go. Uh, that is it. Brad, um, you're a gentleman, sir. Thank you very much for coming on. Give your channel a shout-out, which is going to be making a, a comeback in the new year. Yeah, new year, new me, which means I'll actually get better at uh, bringing you fresh, fresh content uh, coming back to LTID TV too. If you haven't already, please go and get, uh, go, go and head over to it, give uh, give us a subscribe and get yourself all set up because we're going to be doing some football quizzes. I'm going to be starting the new year off with a, a lovely football quiz that I'm going to be working on in the background. And then obviously... They're on a bit of a break at the moment, but it is also the home of Leicester women's football content. Um, once that all starts up again and I've got my laptop all going, all guns blazing, I'll be giving you match day, post-matches, maybe even a watch-along or two. Who knows? I might give it a, give it a whirl as a woman's one because I can use my phone now for viewing and a laptop for streaming. So things are going to come around the corner. So, yeah, go and check us out. Go and get us ready for the new year with lots of lots of love and support from you guys. And obviously... Do the same here if you are new to this channel and go and see our guest and channel, uh, 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 Leicester Fan TV. So, yes. He'll kill you for that. Ants Leicester Fan Channel. I know. I know you know what? I, I, I meant fan channel, but I thought I'd just wind him up because of what he did in the chat that time. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow at 7. Are you available for the watch-along, Brad? Uh, yeah, I should be available. I've got nothing planned with the family, so watch me message you 10 minutes beforehand saying I'm really sorry, Chris, but unless that does happen, I should be free to come on before. Uh, I'll send you the link. Uh, 7 o'clock, it's the preview. Quarter to 8, it's kick-off and watch-along half-time. Uh, it's the chat and then post-match reaction before we get a chance to calm down. Uh, and the links to both Brad's and Anne's chats are in the description below. Brad, thank you very much, young man. Uh, glad you've had a great Christmas. Give all my best to your family. I will see you tomorrow night at 7. Thank you.
I will do. Thanks, mate. And take care, everybody. And I'll see you tomorrow, Chris. Take care, buddy. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And say hello to your mother, Brad. I forgot to say that. Say hello to her. Um, yep, yeah, so that's it. Look, I did I did say earlier, and I'm going to just repeat it now, uh, that with immediate effect, the Lester Till I Die Facebook group and the Lester Till I Die Twitter pages are going on pause until the end of January. Uh, it's a little bit too toxic at the moment. I don't think we need... Uh, if, you know, I, I don't mind... People disagreeing with me, uh, and quite often, I, you know, it does say quite clearly in the rules of the group that what I put are not always my opinions, but they're to create discussion. But if the best discussion you can come up with is you're talking bollocks, and that's it, you know, what, as I say, your education was wasted. So the group and the uh, Twitter are going to be suspended for, for January. Um, I would sort the transfer window out. This will still be going ahead, uh, and the podcast obviously will still be going ahead as well. Um, I, yeah, I just uh, I just don't need the hassle to be honest with you. Um, uh, we live in such a woke world these days that you're not allowed to have an opinion about your team if it goes against uh, against the grain. I said what I said at the end of the Ipswich game. In reaction, straight after the game, I was annoyed. I was annoyed in the way that we lost, and I said so, and I should be entitled to say so. But apparently, according to a lot of fans, I shouldn't have. Uh, I shouldn't have said how bad we were. Delavcelavi, as they say. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, no Facebook, no Twitter in January, guys. Thank you very much. So stick with this. We are. Um, thank you, Scott. Kind words. Cheers, matey. Uh, I'm still going to be available on on Messenger uh, to contact me, and you can still message me on Twitter. Uh, they'll still be they'll still be there um but this will still be going ahead as will the uh the podcast as well so tomorrow night seven o'clock for the watch along can we bounce back cardiff they're about 12th in the form table well the 12th in the league i think and about 11th in the form table so it won't be an easy walk walkover game for us um it's really really busy is this about to be our little slip up when we start to have our bad period uh, thank you, Nate. You take care as well. Um, <laughs> Neil says, Scott, I love it, Scott. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Really appreciate your support. Um, and thanks to Ant. I hope he managed to pick his mother up. And uh, all the best as well to um, to Brad. I hope his mother is still talking to him as well. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 7. Take care. Thanks very much for everything, guys. Take care. Stay safe. And have a well, what is left of the uh, Christmas period? Hi, this is Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for watching and listening. Have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.